0: If the year were so far an Olympics, today would be the final ceremony. But we're just at the beginning of a new era in Virginia with a new governor who has demonstrated a different approach than the previous one. These words are being spoken just as another winter storm comes through the area. So this rare Sunday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement is being crafted to capture this moment when we don't quite know what will happen, but there are signs. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Albemarle and the region prepare for another winter storm. Governor Glenn Youngkin is sworn in and signs 11 executive orders, including a decision to pull out of the regional greenhouse gas initiative and a revocation of statewide mask mandates. And the Piedmont Housing Alliance breaks ground on the development of Friendship Court after many years. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and the Albemarle-Charlottesville Historical Society invites you to hear from their newest board member at a meeting beginning at 7 p.m. Gail Jessup-White is the first public relations and community engagement officer for Monticello and the first descendant of Thomas Jefferson and the enslaved community to work for the Thomas Jefferson Foundation. Gail Jessup-White will talk about her book, Reclamation, Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson, and a descendant search for her family's lasting legacy. That's 7 p.m. on Monday, and you can register for the Zoom call or watch on Facebook Live. Sign up now at albemarohistory.org. Albemar County has declared a local emergency in advance of today's winter storm in order to help coordinate services in the event that it is disruptive. Here's a section from the disaster declaration issued by County Executive Jeffrey Richardson. It has the potential to cause downed trees, widespread power outages, and hazardous travel conditions. Dan Eggleston is the chief of Albemarle Fire Rescue, and he said his staff has been watching the weather forecasts.
1: Uh, we've been engaged with the state resources as well as local utilities and others to help understand the impact or potential impact that the storm may have on county residents. Former
0: Governor Ralph Northam issued a declaration of emergency on Friday. Eggleston said the forecast became more clear as of Saturday morning and that the threat of further power outages loomed. There could be a lot of wet snow and ice, prompting County Executive Jeffrey Richardson to make that declaration.
1: And basically what this does is it allows us to, to implement our emergency operations plan and activate any contracts that we may have to solicit resources, including a clear channel to the state should we need additional resources or beyond our local capacity.
0: If you need resources or want to know what they may be before a power outage affects you, visit communityemergency.org. The Virginia Department of Transportation is asking people to stay home on Sunday due to potential blizzard conditions. Here's a section from a press release. The current forecast indicates this event will drop significant snow, followed by freezing rain and ice in many areas, targeting the central region of Virginia and areas along the Interstate 81 corridor with the most extreme conditions. VDOT urges anyone who does travel today to carry an emergency winter weather kit, including food, water, blankets, and other tools needed if you become stranded. In another event yesterday, Albemarle County has also reported the death of a driver in a single vehicle crash yesterday morning in the 4100 block of Free Union Road. This is the first traffic fatality of the year in Albemarle. Soon after being sworn in, Governor Glenn Youngkin got to work with a series of executive orders to undo many key policies of the last administration. It was, in fact, day one of the Yunkin administration, and many of the directives are intended to comb through Virginia's policy to remove that which the governor finds offensive.
1: Well, it's day one. Knock, knock. Let's get... And we've had a great morning. And as we head into the afternoon, it's time to go to work.
0: Yunkin made a point of gathering in a working office in the governor's mansion that hasn't been used in two years. To his right, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, To his left, Secretary of the Commonwealth K. Coles James. No one in the picture that I snapped wears a mask.
1: These executive actions combined with the 59 bills that are being carried in our legislature right now by delegates and senators and 25 budget amendments comprise the actions necessary to put our day one game plan into motion.
0: The first bans the use of inherently divisive concepts, including critical race theory, and states that political indoctrination has no place in our classroom. Specifically, the order directs the superintendent of public instruction to end all policies that promote inherently divisive concepts and remove those that promote or endorse divisive or inherently racist concepts. Youngkin did not elaborate much on this one, but did welcome the person who will oversee some of the education changes.
1: I'm particularly excited to be joined by our Secretary of Education designee, Amy Guevara.
0: This order singles out programs by name, such as the Department of Education's Cultural Competency Training Program, Ed Equity VA, and the Virginia Math Pathways Initiative. Three of the executive actions relate to the pandemic. Executive Directive 2 rescinds a mandate that state employees get vaccinated against COVID. Yunkin said it is a matter of individual rights. No
1: executive branch employees shall be required to be vaccinated or required to disclose their vaccination status as a condition of their employment. Let me be clear. I continue to be a absolutely staunch advocate for the vaccine i've gotten the vaccine i've gotten the booster suzanne has gotten the vaccine and gotten the booster we believe it's the best way to keep your family safe but we also believe that individual liberty counts matters and therefore rather than mandate we're going to go to work to educate
0: Executive Order 2 ends Virginia's requirement that children in public school be masked. This one points out what it calls outdated information in the August 12, 2021 order and states that the Omicron variant causes less severe disease than the Delta variant. Executive Order 6 orders the Virginia Safety and Health Codes Board to conduct an emergency meeting to decide if a Virginia Department of Labor and Industry COVID standard should be eliminated.
1: Most succinctly, I can say this executive order keeps Virginia open for business. We'll remove burdensome COVID-19 regulations.
0: Executive Order 9 seeks the reevaluation of Virginia's participation in the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative and seeks to begin undoing the regulations embedded in executive branch agencies, such as the Department of Environmental Quality.
1: The Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, I said before, It's nothing more than a carbon tax. It's a carbon tax that raises the utility bills of all Virginians.
0: Youngkin thanked Andrew Wheeler for being willing to serve as Secretary of Natural and Historic Resources, a position where he will oversee the dismantling of Reggie, or attempt to. There are also several bills filed to accomplish many of the changes to state law. The order also states that Reggie be notified of the administration's intent to withdraw. The other executive orders, in Executive Order 3, the Parole Board is fired. In Executive Order 4, the Attorney General of Virginia must investigate the Loudoun County School Board related to a sexual assault in the spring of 2021.
1: In this moment, I can't tell you how pleased I am to be partnered with Jason Miyares as we in fact do the work that restores, restores power to parents, and make sure that we have transparency in our schools. Executive
0: Order 5 creates a position that will review Virginia agencies, beginning with the Department of Motor Vehicles and the Virginia Employment Commission. Eric Moeller will be the chief transformation officer in Virginia. Executive Order 7 establishes the Commission on Human Trafficking Prevention and Survivor Support, Executive Order 8 establishes the Commission to Combat Antisemitism, and Executive Directive 1 orders a 25% cut of regulations, citing a report from 2018 mandated by the General Assembly that was not implemented. The full text of that is in a link in the newsletter. There is no action today in the General Assembly. Many meetings scheduled for tomorrow have been canceled. It's also the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. And in today's shout-out, a shout-out to the shouters of out. Shout it out. Shout it outedly. I want to thank all of the individuals and entities that have supported this newsletter and podcast through a $25 a month Patreon contribution or through some other layer of support. Thanks to the Charlottesville Jazz Society, Code for Charlottesville, LEAP, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance, Lonnie Murray and his love of native plants, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society, the Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards, Seaville 350, Piedmont Master Gardeners, and of course the Valley Research Center. There's lots of ways to figure this out and how to do it. Please go to infoseaville.com to learn more. And thank you again for your support, and that just means even if you're listening. Turning to local information again today in land use, after years of planning, the Piedmont Housing Alliance has broken ground on the multi-phase redevelopment of Friendship Court phase one will be built on the open space portion of the existing 150 unit residential complex sunshine mathon is the executive director of the piedmont housing alliance and the audio is not the best
2: for over 40 years friendship court also known to many as garris square has been home to hundreds of families for some it was a short time for others it is all they have known for some, it has been a place of respite and solace during difficult times. For others, it has reflected the pain of broader racial and social injustices, families caught in the unrelenting gears of generational poverty.
0: Before Friendship Court, the land had been a predominantly black neighborhood and was raised during what's known as the Garrett Street Urban Renewal. Planning for what would replace Friendship Court has been underway for many years. Piedmont Housing Alliance has been involved since before Mathon joined the agency four and a half years ago.
2: When I arrived in Charlottesville four and a half years ago, I knew little of this history. As an outsider and as a white man, I have had to listen and I have had to come to learn that we cannot turn our gaze to the future to explore what's possible, whether, whether here at Friendship Court or in the region more broadly, without truly knowing the weight of the past.
0: A site plan for the four phases at Friendship Court has been developed by the Timmins Group, and this calls for a range between 350 to 500 units on the 11.758 acres, with up to 60,000 square feet for commercial, business, or assembly space. This site plan also shows a road network that eventually will become public streets. Mathon said that work has been overseen by a committee of current residents.
2: They have participated in deep community outreach, they have chosen architects and contractors, they have taken field trips to other cities to explore what has been done elsewhere, and they have worked and reworked and reworked and reworked a plan for redevelopment aimed directly at redressing root causes of systemic inequity.
0: Charlottesville City Council has approved millions of funds and contributions to the project's financing, including a $5.5 million forgivable loan approved by council in October 2020. Here is City Councilor Michael Payne. So much what is pushed in front of our faces on City Council is five-star hotels, the university, fancy restaurants, business development, and that's all fine enough, but it's this what makes Charlottesville a great community, um, to have residents who are taking self-control of their future and building with our
1: community their future.
0: You can watch the groundbreaking in a link in the newsletter. Visit PiedmontHousingAlliance.org for more information and stay tuned to Charlottesville Community Engagement to see how it all turns out. And that is it for this special Sunday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. The idea had been to do the week ahead today, and I'm still going to get to that right after this. But I did think it was important to break down some of what uh, I heard yesterday and I wanted to process. And that, of course, is what every single edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement is. You all are thankfully uh, subscribing and listening to this, and some of you are supporting it. You heard a little bit of that in the second house ad today, that there is, of course, a way you can support program. Go to infoseaville.com to learn all of those things and see how you might be able to get a shout out. You don't have to just do the $25 a month. There are some other ways. Uh, or, or just contact me. If there are ways you'd like to support the program, please drop me a line. But as I said, there will be a week ahead. It's either going to come out later on this evening or it's going to come out tomorrow morning. Tomorrow is the Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday, so it is likely I will take a small break, but maybe not. Who knows what I will do. It depends on how many tree limbs break in my yard hopefully none thanks again please be safe out there today Uh, be careful in the storm Uh, be safe in whatever you do and take care of each other Uh, of course i can't require you to do that or mandate it but i certainly hope that you will i guess that's what education is hoping that we all get better somehow i'm sean tubbs your host be back soon